It is Friday the 29th of September and this is The Splash. The Splash, your Monday to Friday quick hit of what's happening on site at foxsports.com.au and in the Fox Sports building. Welcome in, I'm Phil Pryor and The Splash is reaching the end of week three of its existence. Numbers suggest popularity is rising so I thank everyone that's tuned into the Fox Sports Podcast Network's newest product, The Splash. And with two footy matches this weekend that are kind of a big deal. Big show today. Uh, Later on, you'll hear from the Fox football crew, Adam Peacock, Simon Hill, and Daniel Garb, plus some news in Super Rugby 2. I must say, Ben Stokes has hijacked the Fox Sports website this week in what should be building up a couple of those uh, big footy games uh, that we obviously have been also talking about. Um, Ben Stokes with some disgusting behaviour, and if you haven't caught... The latest chapter of that, I'd suggest heading to the cricket section uh, of the website. Now, there's never a dull moment in rugby league, uh, and it's particularly busy uh, in the world of Ben Glover uh, through the grand final uh, week. Uh, Ben's Fox Sports editorial lead for rugby league, uh, and of course, co-host of the Market Watch podcast as well. No stranger to the Fox Sports podcast uh, bunker. Benny, thanks for taking time out. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, and uh, we farewelled one of the rugby league writers last night uh, up at one of the local uh, bars. Dan Walsh, he's been a good good servant for us. He's been outstanding, yeah. He's, uh, we're going to miss him, but uh, definitely a few sore heads in the newsroom today <laughs> after after a good send-off last night, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and we'll, we will power through. Um, Benny, uh, is this the busiest week of the year for the, the rugby league uh, team? Yeah, it's right up there. State of Origin's always pretty massive as well, yeah. but... Um, um, yeah, the grand final. There's a lot going on, obviously, with the additional press opportunities and the uh, the grand final breakfast and those kind of things, which yep. uh, definitely add to the week. And 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 there's the functions like the Dally M on Wednesday night. Yeah. And, yeah, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a big week. There's no doubt about that. And this Sunday, no one gets the day off. This Sunday, do no they? one gets the day off. No, <laughs> um, one out at the ground, and everyone else in the office. So yeah, <laughs> be a big one. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, what? Yeah, what's the? It, it's an interesting week as far as the content uh, on the Fox Sports website yep. is concerned. Um, you know, you're just previewing one game uh, rather than eight, uh, and. It, you start to learn about some of the backstories about how players have, have made it to the grand final stage and that's really sort of the, the focus in many ways, isn't it? It's a great opportunity to, to tell those stories. Yeah, I think we've got a lot better at, um, at telling those stories in, mm. ahead of big games. Uh, in the past, I've been here for five or six years now and, and the way we cover games like the grand final has, has changed quite a bit in that time. We used to do sort of a lot of key matchup type yarns and um, I guess trying to break down the game plan and stuff like that and and that still has a place for sure yeah, yeah. but I think um, the color around the the players involved in the grand final clearly we're seeing in the feedback we get from the users in terms of how how many clicks we get and stuff like that. It's quite clear to us that the users want to know more about these players, the, the yeah. 34 guys that are going to be 
going around in the grand final and and because it's only two teams that we're we're sort of writing about for the whole week it does yeah. give you that opportunity to delve a bit deeper yeah yeah and ov- yeah obviously we've taken a, a key focus on on the big three and, and where they've come from and yep. uh yesterday uh you had a yarn up about uh storm knocking back jonathan thurston a couple of times and all that stuff and yep. uh and obviously this michael morgan story has just been enormous and and th- and these aren't uncovered unless unless the cowboys go on this incredible run and and win three weeks in a row in sydney yep yeah it's been uh it's been phenomenal what the cowboys have done done this final series and, and you're right michael morgan's been absolutely immense and yep. He's he's taken his game to a level that I think most people wouldn't have thought he had in him. Yeah, uh, he's always been a a great ball runner, and um, obviously he, he was famous for that flick pass uh, in the mm. 2015 Grand Final that that set up the Kyle Felt try that that levelled the game and took it to Golden Point. Um, so he's always been uh, a player who stands up in big moments. But um, Jonathan Thurston's obviously been the Cowboys' go-to guy and their playmaker and yep. and the ball player, the, the chief um, of the team. And so Michael Morgan's never needed to play that role. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, and all of a sudden with Thurston out, he had to. And he struggled with it initially. Yeah. Um, but he's had, he's learnt. He's had tutorials from Cooper Cronk, he's, yep. which Cronk could definitely be regretting right <laughs> right about now. Yeah. Um, and obviously Jonathan Thurston's uh, still played a very important role up there, even as he's been injured. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, and and you see like the Cowboys teams of the past when when Thurston was absent for one reason or another really struggled. But uh, in this situation, they've just simply had to learn how to adapt uh, and and play without him and that's where they've uh, they've really been able to step up and, and I suppose in the absence of any any grand final team that that makes it to the the first day in October you look right across their side and there are players playing above their their market value aren't there and, and oh, at the Cowboys when you've got when you've got you know more than a million bucks on the sidelines everyone's doing that absolutely and they've got uh the likes of Scott Bolton and John Asiata and those kind of uh, unsung mm. sort of players that are playing above themselves. Who would have thought Sean Fenson would be playing in a grand Fenson, final in March? Fenson's yeah. back starting when he he uh, basically wasn't in the best 17 at the start of the season. Mm. Um, yeah, and like all the talks about how amazing they've gone without Jonathan Thurston. But let's not forget, Matt Scott was the premier prop in the yeah. in the competition yeah. when he went down. And so a lot of these guys in the forward pack have had to step up and play their role. And and then there's obviously been Jason Taumalolo, who's just been absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, he, his output uh, is that of about three normal <laughs> rugby league players. Yep. Uh, now, Benny, I, I, I help you out with the, the Teams blog on a Tuesday, yep. answering some questions, and I've been absolutely hammered three weeks in a row for riding off the cow- Cowboys. Oh, I think I don't think you've been alone, though. Like uh, I have tipped against the Cowboys every week of the finals, and I think you had every right to, really, as well. Um, the first week, they, they shouldn't have been in the finals. No. The, the Dragons uh, choked when they played the mm. Dogs, basically, and... And that spot was theirs otherwise. And the Cowboys, uh, Michael Morgan said he was in the in a pub having beers on on Sunday afternoon when the Dragons were playing against the Dogs. So they didn't expect to be there. So and, and they didn't really, they almost didn't earn the right to yeah, be there. Yeah. When you're they, relying on other on on someone else to lose. Yeah. So I think um, 
they had every right to be outsiders, particularly uh, the f- first couple of weeks of the finals. And then I think I think last week uh, people started to acknowledge that they could give the Roosters a run because they played outstanding football against the Eels. Yeah, to yeah. knock them out. Par- yeah. Parramatta were almost they were second favourites to win the premiership after after they gave the Storm a scare in that first week. So to to play as well as they did against the Eels to knock them out, then you're starting to think, okay, they, they've turned the corner a little bit and and they can give the Roosters a scare. But still, the expectation, the Roosters have been the second best team all year. Yeah, They're, defen- they're well coached. They've got good defensive structures generally. Um, they were fresh. They'd had a week off. The Cowboys have got a lot of players playing busted and they've had to redline for so long that you, you just expected the, the Roosters would have too much. But wasn't the case. Yeah, the Cowboys analysis that has been circulating over the last couple of weeks has been they still need to be in the game when Tormalolo comes on for his second stint and that probably um, you know is even more true this week because the Storm they're front runners. They love playing from in front uh, and you'd have to think that the Cowboys need to try and jump them somehow to to get the the Storm rattled a little bit if there's any hope in the second half. Yeah, I think what the Cowboys have done really well throughout the finals is completed sets. They've had uh, yeah. they've had extraordinary com- set completion percentages in in all three of their finals. If they do that against the Storm, then I don't I don't see them not being in the game when Tamalolo comes on. Uh, there's some people picking the Storm by twenty. I don't th- I don't really see that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, sure, if the Cowboys don't complete and they make errors and they invite the Storm down yeah. onto their line, then yeah. absolutely the Storm could trounce them. But. That's not the footy that they've been playing the last three weeks, and and I think Paul Green has has nailed the game plan for them, and and part of that is is the way they use Town Malola. Yeah, exactly. So Benny, uh, what what have uh, what have you assigned for yourself uh, in how you'll be uh, covering the the game from the Fox Sports headquarters? Uh, on Sunday? I haven't actually even uh, done the plan yet, but I'll I'll probably do uh, player ratings for one of the two teams, yep. um, and sort of just make sure that we get videos of the right moments, the ones yeah. that the that our users are gonna want to see over and over again after the grand final and and just make sure everything runs smoothly really. Yep. So um yep. yeah, that'll be the main thing. Well uh yeah, good luck. Uh good luck for this Sunday and of course um well done on, on what's been another uh jam packed rugby league season of, of content huge. on the Fox Sports website. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having. Thanks for joining us on the splash. That was uh, Ben Glover uh, of the Fox League editorial team, which has plenty of solid content online. Nathan Ryan, he's been uh, running a Friday uh, blog, uh, open to anyone and everyone discussing the transfers market uh, through the second half of this season, plus other things uh, like this Sunday's uh, grand final ultimate guide is also on site. So check out the league section of the website if you haven't already. I check out the NRL Market Watch podcast for this week as well, which includes a chat with Storm Football Manager Frank Panisi ahead of the Big Dance. Uh, and the Fox Footy podcast in AFL uh, has a full preview of tomorrow's Crows Tigers blockbuster at the MCG. Uh, but we will veer away from those codes for now. Quickly to some rugby union. Two days in a row, Christy. Uh, ap- apologies to the Splash fans out there. Oh, that's all right, mate. This seat's <laughs> nice and warm for me, so it's I'm, good. I'm just joking, rugby union fans out there. Um, now, Christy has joined the splash because there's actually quite a bit 
of Super Rugby news on the agenda today. We'll start with the Rebels, uh, and Christy, they've announced a new coach. Yeah, they certainly have. Dave Vessels, the uh, the former Western Force coach, uh, he's been there for a couple of years at the Force. He was head coach this year, took them to uh, six wins where they you know topped the Australian win count along with the Brumbies for six wins. Yeah. It was pretty impressive, and he's, he's won everyone over in his first year, turned that club around. Uh, and, and the Rebels have jumped in and, and swooped in and, and, mm. and they've picked him up for two years, which was a great result because there was a couple of international uh, teams out there like Munster who were pretty keen to, to get Vessels on board, but he's stuck with Australian rugby and it's, it's a great thing because there'll be a lot of force players. Yeah, now. yeah. what will it mean? Well, yeah, it, it means that guys like Adam Coleman, the Haylett Petty brothers, Dane, Ross... Uh, John O'Lance. Assumed knowledge, of course. We all, we all know, for the splash listeners out there, we all know what happened with the force. Obviously, um, you know, uh, they're out. They are, they yeah. are. So so these players are looking for a new club and they're big fans of, of Dave Vessel. So it means that the Rebels are going to have a pretty good side in 2018. And, yeah. and uh, after winning one one win in, in 2017, they're, they're worst on record. Uh, they could certainly become a, a bit of a contender if they can, you know, come together uh, it's always hard to, to bring a, a largely unknown team and, yeah. and throw them all together. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's going to take some gelling, of course. Um, and, you know, we've all been there. It is very sad for Western Australian rugby what has happened with the force. But the point of all this is to, uh, you know, condense the amount of teams in Australian rugby so that they're all more competitive. Uh, and it certainly looks as though at least the Rebels, uh, that they, they've recruited, that they probably will recruit a hell of a lot of talent for the season. What about the other rugby franchises? Uh, how do they fit into uh, the force? Uh, the force's demise. Well, it's interesting because there's a $5 million salary cap and at this stage, you look at the Tars, the Brumbies, the Reds, they've basically filled their rosters. They've planned, assuming that the ARU isn't going to increase that salary cap of $5 million. Yeah. Whether or not the Rebels can actually squeeze all the players that they want from the force that are going to be joining underneath that $5 million threshold is the big million dollar question, I suppose. Mm. You know, the, so that's an ARU policy and not a, a Sansa policy. Yeah, ARU policy there. So that they've got, you know, they, they've got to decide whether or not they're going to bump that up across the board because, uh, you know, Will Genia, for instance, the the great Red, joined the Rebels this yeah. year because the Reds couldn't squeeze him under the the, the threshold of five million bucks. Rob Simmons, also another player who, who left. So, mm. you know that. You, you could see the likes of Billy Meeks go to the Waratahs and a couple of other players. Issy Nicerani's joined the Brumbies already. But, you know, squeezing all that talent into the Rebels is going to be pretty tough, you would think. Okay. And there's movement uh, up in Queensland at the Reds as well with potential uh, coaching structure uh, change. Yeah, it's been widely reported. We, we reported what, a week or two ago that Nick Styles has got the worst coaching record in Super Rugby history, 20, 22% uh, record in 35 mm. games, and he's also been a co-head coach during that time. From our understanding, early next week, there could be a, a change. Uh, we know that the Reds have, have kind of stuffed it up since Ewan McKenzie by having Richard Graham, co-head coaches, now Nick Styles. Uh, they've been on a rapid slippery decline since 2011. And uh, we know that the ARU are very keen on, on making it a big appointment yep. and there could be some political fallout. 
Uh, and so Brad Thorne, he's been there as well. How does he potentially fit in the mix? Obviously currently coaching Queensland Country in the NRC, but has been involved with the Reds as well. Yeah, he has. So he jumped on board in 2016, which is a major coup because he's a World Cup winning All Black, a dual international who played with the Broncos as well. Could he potentially be the one that, that steps in and styles his hot seat? Look, it's very likely. It's, yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, it seems like that will be the case. And, and Queensland is extremely inexperienced. We can't forget that. But yeah. so far, the early, you know, everyone has a world of respect for Brad Thorne. We saw what he did is, on the he, field. What is, is he up over, is it eight over 800 professional games across both football codes? It's a 1,000. It's, <laughs> it's, it's at least a 1,000. And he's won every single one of them as well. But uh, recently, <laughs> you know, a couple of wins. I don't, know, how, I don't know a better way to earn respect from, from your players. He's still in the that. gym and benching more than the more at 180 <laughs> kilo as well. Does not surprise me. Uh, and crossing over to Japan, the Sunwolves, who uh, my understanding is will be a part of the Australian Conference next year, uh, taking this, the forces spot uh, and a bit of movement there as well. Yeah, yes, indeed. So Jamie Joseph, who's currently the J- Japanese head coach, he won a, a Super Rugby title with the Highlanders in 2015. He became Japan head coach uh, last year. He's now going to be the Super Rugby head coach as well, replacing uh, Philo Tiatia. So he's going to do both jobs. Going to do both. So we've seen that that happen every now and again. Uh, Michael Checker, of course, did that. You know, in between 2014-15, when Ewan McKenzie uh, resigned. Yeah. yeah. So it's not something that uh, it's got a little bit of a precedence, but certainly it's going to be tough. But we understand that you know Sands are said to the Sunwolves. Japan, you guys have got to get your stuff uh, sorted out out there because, uh, look, since Japan and Argentina have joined the competition, they expanded, there was a lot of fallout and, uh, you know, from a commercial reason, they're really keen on Japan, uh, you know, being successful ultimately. Very interesting. Christy, you better get back to it. Your phone's running hot here. Uh, thanks for joining the Splash. Thanks, Phil. And finishing up on the Splash today, uh, I've, I'm joined by uh, three big names in the Fox football business, Adam Peacock, Simon Hill, Daniel Garb. Uh, how are we, boys? Where are the three big names? Very good. <laughs> <laughs> We're here, but where are the other three? The three stooges, weren't yeah, they? Exactly. Uh, yeah, well, that works too. That works. <laughs> Going very well, Phil. Nice to be on the Splash for the first time. We've just recorded our first podcast of the season. But our debut on the uh, exactly. on the splash. It's also our publicity day for uh, for the Fox Football team. So it's all coming around. You're all looking very very sharp. quickly, very very sharp. Um, yeah. So tell us about what you guys just recorded. We just had a look at every single team in great detail, really, and uh, it's going to be an exciting season for lots the A League season. For of the A League season, yeah. So lots of new foreigners who perhaps aren't household names, but some of the players have excellent pedigree, and there's a lot of. Bessar Barisha, Thomas Broish type potential about a fair few of the recruits. So that's encouraging. And we pretty much narrowed it down to Sydney FC, Melbourne Victory, and for me, the Western Sydney Wanderers are the three teams who look to be above the rest in terms of title contention at this the earliest of stages. That's the easy way to go. But yeah. there will be teams that jump out because of foreigners that we, we're not totally across now or young players that come through. Uh, Sydney FC, by the way, have, uh, have signed a... A great, uh, a great player with a good pedigree, haven't they, Simon? That's him. <laughs> we don't know how to say his name, so he's actually WhatsApp to everyone to say, this is how I say my name. We'll get used to it. But uh, your Adelaide, your Brisbane's, your Newcastle's, they've signed guys with, that could be anything. They could mm. be a, your next best up brushes. And if that's the case, they'll jump up the ladder uh, with a bullet. It's the most exciting time of the year because, 
as Forrest Gump said, it's like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. And the teams that you think are going to be great uh, yeah. drop like a stone, and the teams that you think are going to be ordinary all of a sudden are challenging. So, you know, that's the beauty of a salary cap league in some ways, and uh, it, it's always full of surprises. Um, the foreigners, again, to use another analogy, are they going to be a Thomas Broich or are they going to be a Mario Jardel? Are they going to be a big hit or are they going to be an absolute dot? <laughs> an overweight so, dot. And, yeah, and, you know, the, you just don't know with some of these guys. So it's it's a fascinating part of the year and just can't wait for it all to kick off. It's It seems to be such a long, you know, off-season. It's... Um, probably the longest in the world. So we're absolutely starving for football come this yeah, time Yeah, we're continuing. Year. When you consider that the football codes is in the, the NRL and the AFL, they just drag on like nothing else. And it really does make the, the A-League, uh, you know, anticipation get so high. But then yeah. we hit with an absolute bang field because you've not only got the start of the A-League season, you've got the FFA Cup semifinals, you've got the Socceroos with monumental fixtures, yeah. playoffs against Syria, and then hopefully two more, please God, in November to go <laughs> in, in, in CONCACAF to try and make yeah. the World Cup. But you've got the Matildas as well who are who are flying. So as Ange Postacoglu said at his press conference yesterday, we should try and flood the market once the other two football codes finish because, in his words, the game deserves it and so it does. So one quick question. What are you really looking forward to in round one? Start with you, Peacock. Uh, round one, love going to Melbourne. So, yeah, the first game, actually. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. The Melbourne City and Brisbane Raw with uh, two clubs with a few questions about them, about how they've actually prepared for this season. So we'll find out more. Well, I'll be in Malaysia on Thursday night You'll for be in the first leg and then back to do the Central Coast and then Western Sydney and then the game, second leg on the Tuesday night. So the thing I'm looking forward to most at the end of all that is sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said it's the world's longest off-season. The thing you're looking forward yeah, to is exactly. sleep. Exactly. <laughs> you've got to, you know, praise, <laughs> praise grumble. Praise grumble. Only happy if you're unhappy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> The Western oh, Sydney dear. Wanderers for me, Philip, on, on the Sunday. I think they struggled at Spotless Stadium last season. They've recruited ever so well on paper. Watching them try and click into gear from the off, get that crowd going at Spotless again, start well, get rid of any sort of mental hoodoo about playing at that ground yep. and perhaps establish himself as being a team that can challenge for the title early on by playing some electric football for me will be the thing to watch. So that first game, Wanderers glory, watching how Tony Popovich's new squad Producers on uh, on a big stage on that Sunday night kickoff extravaganza, which will be the wave of this season because that's a new fixture, isn't it, for the A League? The Sunday night game. Yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, brilliant. Well, boys, I'll I'll let you, I'll let you go. Uh, so if you if you want to hear more about uh, the the season preview for the A League, uh, those three stooges are on the Fox Football <laughs> Podcast. Uh, make sure you go over there and subscribe. That's Fox Football Podcast, and be sure to keep clicking back to the website this weekend. Your number one destination for live coverage and post-game analysis of both big grand finals at the foxsports.com.au website. This weekend, all our loyal listeners out there enjoy all the action uh, as we celebrate the pinnacle moment of Australian sport in this country. Uh, And until next time on The Splash, that is a wrap. 